You're listening to audio from Grace Community Church in Anger, North Carolina. More information about Grace Community Church can be found at graceccnc.org. Merry Christmas. Don't get to say that very often on the day. I had planned to preach from down there, but a little bigger crowd than I anticipated, so I thought maybe I better move back up here. I'll be down there a little bit later, though, when we take testimonies. What a joy to be able to confess our faith the way we did this morning. That confession of faith in this last song, that confession of faith is going to become more and more important and crucial. In the new year, somewhere in the year we're going to begin in the book of Revelation, we're going to be talking about hard times. This morning, this is a joyous occasion, and it should be then, too, but this is a joyous occasion on which we can confess our faith in Christ. I think this Saturday night and Sunday morning thing's working out. Maybe we should do this, you know, two weeks in a row now. Worship team might have a little to say about that until it's absolutely necessary. Well, last night, we thought about the events surrounding Jesus' birth. This morning, we're going to think about the profound implications surrounding the birth of one that D.A. Carson calls God's own self and God's own fellow. Now, a lot of people would think Carson is maybe too clever by half in saying it that way. That's not his posture, usually, but I think we get the point. He was God. He was his own Person, three persons, one essence. It's the truth of John 1 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, nothing like a nice, easy, soft, gentle introduction on a cold Christmas morning. Huh. Matthew gives us the story in plain language, thankfully, in chapter 1, verses 18. Through 25. When you think about the mystery of God becoming flesh, born to peasant parents, I suppose you have two choices when you're going to write about that. One, you just tell a simple story in plain language, like it was. Or you do your best to find adequate words to explore the depth of the mystery. And you're going to probably fail mightily if you try to do it that way. So just tell it as it is. Protestants do not always do mystery very well. But we're called to Mary's posture of treasuring up all these things in our hearts. So let's read our text, Matthew 1, 18 through 25. It's our custom to stand when the scripture is read. So if you would please... Stand together. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear 
to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord <clears throat> commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus, the word of God for the people of God. Thank, <clears throat> thank you and be seated. Don't you love the way that Matthew begins this portion of his narrative. Here's how Jesus' birth happened. Mary was pregnant, but not by her fiance, Joseph. It was the work of the Holy Spirit. Joseph didn't know anything about that. Nor would we have known anything about that if an angel of the Lord had come to us and told us. Just think about what a great man Joseph was. Under Jewish law, if you were found uh, if you were, in, excuse me, let me start with this. If you were engaged, the only way you could break that engagement was through divorce. You, you couldn't just say, look, here's the ring back. It had to be an official, legally uh, sanctioned divorce. And so it was one thing for a man to be unfaithful in that culture. But there was no coming back from the shame of adultery ending in pregnancy for a woman of that day. Not only was Joseph within his rights to divorce Mary. But it would have likely been in his best interest to make a spectacle of her. Deuteronomy 22 called for stoning in such circumstances. And while those days were over and occupied Israel. Many people would strut around saying. Well this is what ought to be done in a situation like this. But Joseph. Just wasn't that sort of man. He decided to allow Mary to retain as much dignity as possible, even though she had sinned against him, or so he thought. Fortunately, as Michael Card says, our man Joseph was like his namesake, Joseph from uh, Genesis, and he was a dreamer. And the Lord came to him in a dream, the angel of the Lord came to him in a dream. I've never really thought that much about it. The Lord came, the angel of the Lord came directly to Zechariah and Mary and to the shepherds. But he came to Joseph in a dream. Have you ever considered the number of times that the Lord spoke to Mary and the number of times he spoke to Joseph? Once to Mary... But here to Joseph, and when Joseph was told to take the child and his mother and leave Bethlehem, go to Egypt, and then when to get out of Egypt, and then don't go to Judea, but go up to Galilee. So four different times, the Lord instructed Joseph how to lead his family. Although Joseph was a good man, he knew that he was sinful. And he was waiting for the Messiah 
as much as anyone else. He knew that he needed a savior. Imagine how Joseph's heart soared when the angel told him, no, no, this is the one. This is my doing. And his name will be Yeshua. Yahweh saves. We don't usually think about Joseph being the one with the responsibility of naming Jesus, but he was. The Lord said, name him this. Joseph, along with everyone else, was looking for a military leader to deliver Israel from Rome's rule. But God had something far greater in store. Something that would be even greater than not only throwing off Rome's shackles, but Israel being the ruler of the whole world. Jesus would save his people from their sins. He would save all who would repent and believe that he was sent from God to save them. Joseph could not have understood all that God had in mind when he, in fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Joseph didn't get that, nor did the disciples, nor uh, did anyone who heard about Jesus until after his death, burial, and resurrection, and then Pentecost. It was only then that anyone begin, would begin to make real sense of the gospel. But now that we know, we can acknowledge that the profound gospel is written in the simplest of terms. God with us. Who knew that all history had been pointing to this time, and from that day forward, all history would radiate, radiate out from it. If indeed God's son has been sent to earth for our redemption, then obviously in the mind of God, it has to be that way. Why does it have to be this way? I don't know. He's God and we're not, right? So how many of you children have decided that, no, wait, I know you wouldn't do it, but just imagine that you decided that you know how to do something better than your parents know. That's never happened in your home, has it? And the children say to the parents, why don't you do it this way? Husbands, how does that work out for you when you tell your wives that? Why don't you do it this way? Not so well. <laughs> Lee Newton is speaking back there. <laughs> Marisol's nudging him. Oh, man. Well, think of, isn't that what we say when we say something like, well, I just don't believe a God of love would, and then follow. Why didn't you do it this way? Why did he do it that way? I don't know. He just did. I tried as a teenager to sing along with John Lennon. You think it's a beautiful song. It's a demonic, evil, wicked song. Imagine there's no heaven. No hell below. I did my best to imbibe that. And one of the things that I thought was, well, I don't like this idea of hell. But then finally one day it hit me, you know, there might be one and I better be ready. This is the way 
God decided to redeem and save his people from their sins and from eternity apart from him. Now, I don't mean to imply a posture of, well, that's the way it is. Don't worry yourself about it. Indeed, it's part of the mystery in which we are enveloped, some of which we know and understand because we've been told, and some of which we are encouraged to just be blessed in our sitting before the Lord in wonder and worship. After the dream, Joseph obeyed the Lord and did exactly as he was told. Decades later, after the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and after much theological reflection, the Spirit led Matthew to see a bigger picture. He understood Jesus' birth to be in accord with the prophecy from Isaiah 7, 14. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel. God is with us. God with us. Not how we expected but what we needed. And Jesus is so much more than we could have hoped. Rather than being enslaved in a religion to which we must be good enough to win the prize of a God who is temperamental and all judging. Or a God who is all loving with no restrictions on anyone. Because we all know deep down it doesn't work, right? You can talk about. Well, people are free to do this or that until your spouse or to, to your parents or to your child or someone else does it. Then all of a sudden, you understand that this desire for justice needs to be God's justice, righteous justice. And in Christ, we have so much more than we ever dreamed we have a God who met us in our helplessness. Our God came to earth in hum humble circumstances, was abused and taken advantage of, was misunderstood and mocked before being beaten and crucified by the very ones he created. And rather than standing for his rights and defending himself, Jesus absorbed all the weakness of the flesh. And yet... Hebrews tells us, he remained without sin. While God is sovereign and can work in any way he desires, he used Joseph to make sure that Jesus was safe from the very ones he had created in Jesus' most vulnerable years. It was Joseph taking care of Jesus and protecting him and following the Lord and staying away from trouble. Thus, Jesus grew into a man, a perfect man, the spotless lamb of God who was crucified for sinful men and women, boys and girls, taking our punishment for us. You, Anybody in your home when... Um, 
one of the children is in trouble. Parents, you can verify this. Does one of the other children step up and say, I'll take the punishment for him. I'll take the punishment for her. Some of you do. Some of you have that. I understand. You have freaks of nature in your home, if that's the case. <laughs> Most of the time, it's, it's him, it's him, her, she's the one, you know. And it's always the second one that gets caught, right? Well, dig, we had one of those in our family. One would dig and the other would get in trouble. Well, that's what Jesus did. He stepped up and said, I'll take the worst punishment ever. So that we could be brought in to the family. Emmanuel. God with us. The Holy Spirit lives within us. God meets us in his word. Though he is always with us, God meets us at the table when we come together. To the Lord's table as we will do next Sunday morning. And God is among us as we share our hearts with one another in testimony. And that's what we're going to do right now. So as we prepare our hearts for the testimony, the, the children have already given us our cue. The Lee and Calvert children have given us our cue. Let's sing it. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. What a joyful day. So, Let's take time and share. I put on Faith Life the other day. I hope you saw it. But if you're reading through the scripture this year, um, if you are done or almost done, and you've heard or learned something from the Lord, please be willing to share that with us. If you haven't been reading through the scripture this year, please don't feel guilty. I'm going to encourage the mess out of you, and I'll start next week to do that. Read all the way through, and as I often say, you might... Come to me and say, you know, I've been doing this for five years and I'm not really seeing the advantage of it. To which I will respond, get back with me in 20 years and then we'll talk, you know. Because you can't know the benefit of it. So, But if you have, great. If you haven't, that's okay. You've been in the Word. I know you have. You wouldn't be here today if you hadn't been in the Word. Last night, different story. This morning, you're most likely, you are committed. I don't ever want to assume that everyone knows Christ, but probably you are. So let's share the testimony, the goodness of God in our lives, particularly through his word, but it doesn't have to be a testimony about scripture either. All right. I've said enough to hopefully you're comfortable by now. You thought I was just rambling as I normally do, but I wasn't. So anyway, <laughs> who's ready? All right. Better not just, th yeah. <laughs> Christmas dinner must be all, almost ready. <laughs> no joke, we'll go out of here pretty quickly. If you don't care, but take time to do it. Let's let's do it. Someone give a word of praise to the Lord. So I am uh, one of those that starts out strong in the beginning of the year, and then I quickly fade. 
with the scripture. So that's my uh, intent this year is to move forward and, and uh, try to be less distracted with the world. It's hard these days. It is. But um, I do want to, uh, I was thinking about this back in Thanksgiving when we had this opportunity, but I did not. But um, I have a, a beautiful family, a great family, and I want to thank the Lord for that. Um, also, most of you know that my mother-in-law battled cancer, and she is strong, and I really want to give praise to the Lord for that. Also, we've had a, a few additions, and I'm not going to take the Williford's thunder, but... Um, Okay, thank you. So they've had an addition to their family, and then we've also had another addition to our family um, by and Charlie with um, Stacy and Julie's uh, sister has had a baby. So um, this is a time to be thankful for uh, in our family, and uh, we just wish everybody a, a Merry Christmas and a, a Happy New Year. Oh, I also want to give a shout-out to the church. Uh, leadership, sorry, for uh, stepping up uh, this past summer when we had a uh, youth minister uh, leave, and, um, and they stepped up and, and did things um, without asking, and so I uh, really appreciate that, especially I have four kids in the youth group, so <laughs> thank you. Yes, and special thanks to Ricky Lee for doing that. Thank you, Stephen, and one of the testimonies, you're talking about Lisa, we need to con continually pray for Greg and Lisa, Lisa in particular. But then one of the testimonies at Thanksgiving was Hannah Smith, who was talking about Matt being so sick. He's very sick at Duke Hospital. Deacons are stepping up. We're going to be trying to help them in a lot of different ways. Uh, please pray for them. And by chance, Matt and Hannah, if you're watching, we love you. We're praying for you. We're here with you. And want you to know that we'll be there all along the way. So thank you, Steve. And, and Steve said it well. He thought about doing it Thanksgiving. If you didn't get it in, this, this is the time. Get it in. Hi, my name is Elaine. Probably most of you don't know me. I'm the mother of um, Allison and Alec, who just recently came here, and the grandmother to little Evelyn. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you, any of you are familiar with this part of the story of Francis Schaefer when he went through a crisis of faith. Um, I think Edith tells about when um, he was really doubting his faith and had a lot of serious questions. He would walk... Um, in the attic up and down because he was in so much anguish in his heart and um, of course the Lord didn't let go of him well <clears throat> in many ways our family went through something similar certainly I did not so much my husband <laughs> he remained really strong I on the other hand really did um, I was afraid I was going to walk away didn't tell anyone except my husband and some people that were working with me well, God did not let go of me. Um, because of that, we uh, left our community, and God gave us a very precious church in Jacksonville, Florida, where I told the pastor the other day, 
um, his sermons have been the number one healing to the pain that was in here. Well, the one thing, probably more than anything, you all know you want your children to love Jesus and you want your grandchildren to love Jesus. And Allison and Alec moved here and it was so beautiful to see how God so quickly answered the prayers of our hearts. Not only did he give them a beautiful little home, which they can walk to church from here, um, and even that was amazing, that was affordable. And then the second thing is, he put a very precious church within walking distance to my children and to my grandchild. When we came here the first Sunday, all I could tell Allison and Alec is this church reminds me of our church in Jacksonville. Your love for each other is precious. The word of God is, is taught. Grace is upheld. And um, I just want to thank you all for loving um, each other, loving the Lord, loving your pastor and leadership, and loving my family. Thank you, Elaine. Those, those are not the stories that we usually hear. Thank you for saying that. I, I am so grateful. And hopefully that gives encouragement to people that have wrestled with those kind of thoughts privately. And I, I love what you're saying. It's not us holding on to Jesus. It's him holding on to us. But it feels like you're about to lose grip. Thank you for sharing that. And as many as 7.75 billion people may be hearing that. Well, because we're live streaming today. So <laughs> just thank you for that testimony. And that will encourage some of the others of you to get up. <laughs> and you'll be, if you don't know Alec and Allison, they're both gifted very gifted musically, and you'll be knowing about them soon enough. <laughs> and I think I have the Lord on this from First Corinthians, kind of a way. Someone else. That beautiful lady right there. Thank you. There's something about light that is very attractive and appealing. Why would we travel to go see the lights on Holt Road and spend 40 minutes in line you waiting to get in for an eight-minute experience of enjoying the beautiful Christmas lights? I say it's well worth it. It was. Um, there's something about the light. Last night as we gathered for our Christmas Eve service, at the end, we were in darkness, and we each held a candle. And soon, the room, the sanctuary, was beautifully lit with the light. It is the message of Christmas, and it is a beautiful reminder for us all year round that the light dispels the darkness. And I know for each of us, there are dark areas in our lives or in our families' lives. There's sorrow, there's sickness... There's children that have walked away from the Lord. There's grief. There's pain. We all experience it in one way or another. But the light of Jesus has come, and it dispels that darkness, and that gives us great hope. And I've been really encouraged this year as I've been reading through Paul David Tripp's New Morning Mercies, and his Christmas reflections have been particularly meaningful to me. Um... And his reading, okay, you're going to have to hold this for me. <laughs> Would you please? Thank you. Um, his reading yesterday 
was entitled, Jesus willingly entered the darkness so that we could live in the light of his presence forevermore. Um, and that just is a beautiful thought to contemplate, that he was willing to go to the depths of the darkness for us in order that we could live in the light and live with him forevermore. He says, God's solution was the only way. He sent the one who is light to be the light that would light the world by his grace. He came into the darkness so that we could know light and life forever. Here is the Christmas story. Only light can defeat the darkness and light has come. So for those of you who do know Jesus and walk in the light, continue to let your light shine throughout this coming year. And for those of you who maybe who don't, Allow the light of the world, Jesus, the Son of God, our Saviour, to come in and bring light into your life and hope into your situations. Amen. I debated about trying to share from back here. Um, so I apologize for all the chiropractic uh, appointments that will be needed after, after this and trying to turn around. But um, this year's been um, kind of a, a, a roller coaster ride for my family, I think, of, of situations and, and different things. Um, Christmas is a rough time for my wife as well. Uh, it's not an easy time. Um, I'm very grateful for my wife because several years ago in 2001, when we came off the field, my wife left everything she knew to come to a country that she knew nothing of with a guy that she was just, just trying to figure out, um, to meet a family that she really was just starting to know my family. And she didn't have any family here. Uh, it proceeded many years after that where she's lost a brother. She's lost a mother. We've got another brother that we're praying for right now. Um, she, we, God gave us a beautiful, wonderful daughter. And around Christmas, it makes me really think about my relationship with Christ. Our relationship with Christ is adopted sons and daughters, because our daughter being adopted, and what a beautiful picture that is. But God's really taught me this year, especially as I've seen God's word go out, not bound by time, not bound by location, not bound by us by any means, because he doesn't have to use us. He doesn't have to use us at all. But he chooses to use God's people as imperfect, flawed beings, sinful beings saved by grace and grace alone to share his message of hope and salvation. And it reminded me that, you know, the most important thing that we have is our relationship with Christ. We're going to leave here today and go to our homes and our families and open gifts um, in the Philippines 
my wife did not grow up with a lot. I grew up in a family where gift opening and gift giving was done. And in our family at home, Christmas is very simple. It's, it's a time where we appreciate and love each other uh, and value each other in our relationship with Christ. And so I would say just when you leave here and you start opening the gifts and you start opening the packages, just remember the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ, his love and his mercy for us. And that's the only thing that we can take from this world. The only thing that we leave with this world is our relationship with Christ or an eternity separated from Christ, separated from the Father's love. So I just remind you of that, and that's the challenge that he's been giving me this year is to let those things that really don't matter that I get sometimes get too involved in, you know, the concern of the politics or concern of what's going on around the world or concerned even what other people might think about us or concerned about maybe sharing the love of Christ and what other people might think when we do that. Let all that go away and just remember what's really, really important, and that is our relationship with Christ and what he thinks of us, not what others think. Thank you, Josh. That's a good word. All good words. Two more, that's it. Gary Stevens. Well, I'd just like to put in a plug for reading through the Bible. Um, Barbara and I have been doing that this year and previous years. And our challenge came from Brad at Home Group. He showed us the New Living Translation that we could read it day by day, and it's been a real blessing. And one of the biggest blessings, I think, is that as we tie together the Old Testament and the New Testament mm -hmm. and seeing Christ all through it, and also uh, looking forward to getting uh, a better understanding of Revelation. So, Brad, I'm all for you to uh, begin that anytime. But, you know, as you, you're reading through that uh, uh, last chapter, um, and this has been, I guess, for the last week and a half through Revelation, you know, it um, mm. there's so much more in that book that we don't know than we know. So it's going to be um, fun to uh, be together and to be uh, studying that later on this year. So I'd just like to encourage you to begin to find a resource. And if it's just to take your Bible and to begin, you don't necessarily have to have, you know, through the Bible. You can read it yourself. And, uh, but one of the things that you will find, at least through this one, is you go through Psalms twice. And I didn't realize that until this year, um, you know, with it. But it's a real blessing. Thank you, Gary. I'm really excited about getting to Revelation. Uh, um, and Daniel before it, you know. So, uh, no, Gary's, what Gary's talking about, the one-year Bible, uh, and I, I'll maybe share some of this stuff next week, but the New Living Translation, it's a translation. It's not a paraphrase. It's not the most, it, it, it's not the most precise, but in some ways it is outstanding. It reads like a story, and, and you will love going through 
the New Living Translation, if you never have, that would be an awesome thing. Thank you. That's a really great word. So no pressure, but every testimony so far has been outstanding. Who's going to have the last one? Right here. Jim Taylor. So this Christmas is two years that uh, we've been here at Grace, and I uh, just want to say, first of all, I'm very thankful for all of uh, all of you guys, especially the Bards, and uh, they're you know part of my home group, and I'm just uh, very thankful that my my kids and I can be here. Uh, this year's been a year of of healing for us, and Second uh, um, Chronicles seven fourteen was a verse that really meant a lot. It says. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins and and uh, heal their lands. And I just am so grateful to all of you guys for um, letting me join, uh, be part of this community. And uh, we're just uh, grateful to be here. So. Amen. Thank you, Jim. That's a that's a, a a great word about the beauty of the family and also. The Lord's promises to his people. A beautiful word. And also I hope the other staff were taking notice of the voice. I mean you went like this. You went there and never missed anything. That's the voice. We got to use that voice sometime. You know. So thank you. Well. I, I don't know about you. I, I love this time of year. I love the lights. And sometimes I think, man, I wish it would last all year, you know, like the songs say. But then it really wouldn't be that special at all. But you know what? It's always Advent. We're always waiting for Jesus. Always has been, and we will until he comes a second time. And he reigns and rules. Last night, this morning, this is a really great singing church it may have been as good as I've ever heard. We're going to go out with joy to the world in just a moment. Let's sing it with everything in our hearts. Everything that we can, all the gusto we, we, can, we can muster as we sing in just a moment. But if you would bow with me in prayer. And, and as I say, Lord, thank you so much. This beautiful family that you have given us. And we acknowledge very quickly, and we affirm passionately that we know that every good thing is from your hand. It is not from us. And so we exalt and praise and glorify Jesus, even as we sing this song that looks forward to his return, the time when we don't have to be troubled about politics or we don't have to be troubled about the events of the world or we don't have to worry about cancer. All those days are going to be over one day. Lord Jesus, we worship you this day. Amen. Would you stand together? Thank you for listening to audio from Grace Community Church, located in North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this audio content to share with others. But please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Grace Community Church, go to graceccnc.org.